This is the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Uh, we're here to talk another 30 minutes of USA Rugby. So uh, if you want more updates on USA Rugby more, check out Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and most other social media channels. Also a reminder, tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm, a leader in CBD products. Save 20% on your order with discount code EAGLES at myoderm.com. That's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. I almost forgot how to spell a website address. All right, let's move on to our next guest. He's here joining us from the West Coast is a man who has been a saint, a blue, a Saracen, a chief, a Mosley, whatever that is, and now a legionnaire, Will Hooley. How are you, Will? I'm good, Bill. Can you hear me all right? We can. You sound great. I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm sat here in San Diego, and out the window is a beautiful sunset that kind of just draws its way down. So, uh, yeah, can't complain. Yeah, the, the weather sucks in San Diego. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's had to have been a nice transition from you for uh, from the fine English weather to San Diego weather. Well, my my wife really put it out pretty simple, to be honest. She, she just turned around and said, "If we're, we're going to move overseas to America, I want to be frankly near a beach, and with the weather being much better than we, we're used to." So, um, yeah, Southern California ticked all those boxes, uh, and as I say, can't can't complain at all. Uh, we're very happy here and and enjoy it. Well, I'm glad this finally worked out. We've been going back and forth forever. Yeah, we we, we have indeed, which is, is, is probably no fault of, of either of us uh, with various <laughs> things going on. But no, please, please to be on. Uh, please, uh, if anyone's listening in or listening in later after this uh, on, on recording, whatever it might be. So, uh, yeah, interesting topics to discuss, no doubt. Yeah, well, uh, none more than interesting than this one. Um, you're a baseball fan now. Padres fan, right? Yeah, I am. And you know what? I always, when I was living in the UK, I always hated it when when someone turned around and they were some like a Manchester City fan in the, in the soccer Premier League. They, you're only a fan yeah. when they they do well. So Padres fans will probably hate me saying that I, I am a fan because I haven't been been through the thick and thin. But I've been to quite a few games. Really was trying nice. to get some tickets for for this um, National League so the Championship Series nightmare to get right. hold of. But um, they, they, they brought it back tonight, uh, today, 1-0 in the series against the Phillies. Oh, it's 1-1. I missed that. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, people know this much, but I worked in the front office of the Atlanta Braves for nine seasons, and uh, we always had good battles with the Padres. Uh, and if the Braves did move on against the Padres, I could have hooked you up with some tickets, but uh, ah, they didn't. So. There you go. If only. Now, playoff baseball is fun. Uh, really is. So, all right, let's get into it. First thing first, um, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's the injury going on? Yeah, I, I, I'm good, as good as can be. Um, I mean, I, I'm sort of spelling it out. Unfortunately, it was right at the kind of back end of the MLR season. I I dislocated my shoulder and, and, and ripped the ligament, and it therefore mm-hmm. meant that uh, I was trying to get back fit for the, for the Eagles games in, in July, uh, which was a possibility. But then I needed this surgery uh, for certainly my, my long-term uh, career as such. And I'm not going to go into it too much because it's not right. I, I don't want to sort of uh, my yeah. words to be put out there <laughs> too much. I, you, can, you can just sort of tell the way I'm sort of stumbling. You, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, look, there's, there was a bit of an, an insurance thing that, um, that cropped up. And it just meant that I had to go and get the, the surgery 
a little bit of time delay in that over the summer, which was very frustrating, uh, disappointing. But hey, we, we, I can't look back. I'm in this position I'm in, I'm in now. I'm doing well. Uh, but it means, unfortunately, I uh, wasn't able to get on any flight to South Africa where the boys are at the moment. And, you know, I can't say never, but ultimately uh, it's looking, unfortunately, pretty unlikely to to be involved in, in November. Uh, trying to catch up time is going to be tough. Where's that? Where's that? down thumb here there it is boom um yeah that was i was going to lead into that next but real quick listeners uh the reminder would love to have you come up here and ask a question of will um you can do so very question in the bottom left i uh, would love to have you guys ask questions or make comments um uh, please come on up we'll get you up here as soon as possible so will talking about that that was gonna be my next question is if we would see you in november but i think the writing was on the wall not the fact that you're not down south either in south africa or uruguay kind of really says it because november really is right around the corner oh look bill trust me i was looking at all ways uh and um as much as i have probably put up on my social media or on weekends my wife and i enjoying a, a trip to austin or a trip in, yeah. in, in santa barbara trying to see see the states i can assure you that uh, the rest of the week is very much spent uh, in the club at San Diego uh, with my, my physio and, and trainer just working working away and trying to find a way to get the shoulder correct, uh, fit, right, strong, whatever you want to call it. It, it, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't help that with the MLI six months of the year. So the other six months of the year, yes, we, we're very privileged to have our physio and trainer around who, who have been brilliant, I've got to say. And, and actually... I must shout out Synergy, which are the, the group here in San Diego who sort of do all our operations. And the orthopedics have just been amazing as well. Um, so I'm getting great care and I'm feeling good. I'm getting there. I really am getting there. Um, the timelines, though, are, are tight. I don't want to say I don't want to say not at all for November. I'm not going to come on here and say that. But at the same time, uh, you know, it, it's 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 realistically how I'm feeling and. And with no sort yeah. of training as well, as in the uh, rugby team training. Plus, you've got guys who are working really hard, you know, who are playing mm-hmm. playing well at the moment, getting that game time in South Africa. And, and they deserve to be, you know, taking us into those World Cup qualifiers. I just feel gutted. I feel, to be honest, I feel a bit guilty, the fact that I'm not doing the hard work with the boys at the moment. That's the thing which really frustrates me. I just would love to help in this situation. Maybe I will in the end, but I think I've got to be realistic and listen to my body and, and get fully right. Uh, let's talk about the boys down south. Um, I, I'm safe to assume you've been watching the matches, um, not the results we've been looking for, but not necessarily um, result-driven, I would say, for these matches. Hmm. Uh, most experienced for the boys in um, Uruguay, uh, which a couple of your teammates, uh, San Diego teammates, um, you know, they really tough loss last night against a pretty strong Puma side, you know, a few caps out there. Yeah. You know, Let's talk about them first. Um, you know, Dominic and Darby from Legion. Um, you know, a lot of names on there that many of us don't know, and it's great to see them getting this experience against some strong sides. Um, and those ta- those matches are tough, no matter the reason, no matter what you're doing is and playing in a match like that against Argentina last night. But, you know, what are these guys getting out of this? You know, is, is this something for USA to really get a look at them, you know, with Pittman coaching? Um, you know, in your opinion, let's say, what would be the reason for this side down in Uruguay? <laughs> Well, I think a lot, a lot of those guys are young. You know, you you, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Dom in there uh, playing outside centre. Uh, I, I was so happy for him that he's getting a, a bit of a shot. Uh, just in, in a USA jersey, 
and and a lot of those guys, I would say, there's a good majority of those of those boys has sort of recently come out of college, probably in the last at least maybe a few years, maybe even even shorter. Yeah, young. And one of the big things I've noticed here in America is is the guys. Um, I'm sure it's probably the same to the girls as well. As, as listening to Jenny, it was really interesting what she was saying about her her time in the in the Premiership uh, back in the UK. But you, you need game time. And these guys, I would say, at the moment, there's a bit of a lack of game time. There's only a certain amount of MLR games that are played in the year. You have a squad that is made up of maybe experienced players in certain positions. Therefore, for some players, they they just need to get out on the field and really test themselves. And particularly if they've got talent, um, you want to see that in a game-related scenario. And I think that particularly that Uruguay tour I think is very much sort of really looking at some future talent which I think is really imperative very valuable for for USA rugby going going forward and then of course you probably got what would be perceived as the main squad in South Africa at the moment obviously they've got a, a big goal ahead of them with Dubai next month and talking about that Toyota challenge squad um, you know, it's, it's you look at that squad, like you said, that is the main squad right there with a few new names in there. Played well against the Cheetahs in the first half, but then second half kind of fell apart again. Um, you can always t- you can tell when we make mistakes, and I say we, I'm not out there, but <laughs> when we make mistakes, it's good teams like the Cheetahs capitalize, uh, just like a lot of international sides will as well. But for me as a fan, uh, it doesn't look good. It was not a good sign uh, when we can't be competitive in the second half of these games. Is can I? Is that something I could be accurate about? I, I think that's a very understandable point, and I know that frustrates US fans. I think at the end of the day, let's just put the the, the real clear message out there: these guys are really putting it in for eighty minutes, and you can tell that. Uh, I think the massive benefit of being out there in South Africa is the physicality is going to be through the roof with uh, the opposition, the likes of. Obviously, the Cheetahs are renowned to be a big physical side. Uh, they obviously played predominantly a, a big kicking game as well. I mean, you've got, uh, what, what's his name, Francois Stein. I mean, uh, heck, you can re- you remember him from 2007 World Cup. So, they've got, they had plenty of experience. I think it was really good for the guys to go up against that. You've got to remember, this is almost acting like a pre-season type vibe before obviously right. going into what would be, I don't know, try and call it a season, which is November and the, and the qualifiers in November. I think there was some really positive things, stuff that went on. I mean, how good it, was it to see Paul CK back in the US shirt? It feels like forever uh, since he, 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 he put on the jersey. Um, and and I, I just thought, you know, I, I thought that the line-out, particularly the attacking line-out, was really positive, clearly led well by Nick Savetta and... And Dylan the Butcher, Fawcett, of course. Yeah. Um, I think he looked pretty sharp as well. So I, I think across the board, there were loads of positives. Yes, the second half, I'm sure Gary and the rest of the coaches will, will look to address. And, you know, particularly in defence, it's just maybe it's a little bit of focus, it's a bit of alignment, whatever it might be. I have no doubt that those guys are going to be working very hard. And they've obviously got another game coming up uh, this weekend and, and, and lead well into Dubai next month. And what impact will the European base, base players have, say, in Dubai? I mean, KP is getting a bunch of minutes now with uh, Ruben's getting minutes. You know, David Anu's getting a ton of minutes now with Toulouse. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of our European players are playing at the top of the game. Uh, having them in would add an influx of uh, experience, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, you just mentioned KP there. Right? I spoke to him after the game uh, that he played 
uh, at the weekend. And I thought he was exceptional. He really was exceptional in, in all departments. Um, and it just shows that in, in the US, we seem to have like an amazing uh, hookers. I don't want to sound wrong, doesn't it? Amazing uh, position of number two, which uh, you look at KP, Joe Tauferte, uh, Dylan Fawcett, yeah. Mikey Sassigny, uh, uh, Argen. I mean, we're, we're spoiled in that area. Um, but no, obviously, there's clear people who would who would like to come in and bolster the team. But I think the good thing about South Africa is it's a lot of, obviously, MLR guys coming together, tying together. It's going to massively benefit, I believe, going into November. I think sometimes the danger is you bring players in straight away. You really rely on that from overseas. Sometimes it doesn't always fit the recipe. And I just think if the backbone's there with the MLR boys and the sort of trip and tour and everything they're doing at the moment in South Africa, I think it's only going to be positive. All right, let's go to our first listener. Coach Red, good to see you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so uh, my question for Will and, and you and everybody is, uh, I understand the challenges, and I I really appreciate watching everybody over in Uruguay and Argentina and the prep that's going in for Dubai. But it's hard for me to see how all of it's going to come together if we have all these teams spread out amongst other areas in order to come together for Dubai. I would assume for the Toyota team, and I understand the the team's, you know, the, the members playing like the Haas for the Saracens and everybody else, you know, playing in England or Europe. But with how important it is for us to win this tournament in Dubai – why aren't we trying to put the best team together to run together over and over again, especially considering some of the faults that we had with uh, Chile and, and the other games that kind of put us in this situation. And second with that is we're going to be able to play in those matches coming up in Dubai. Cause that's pretty important as well. Uh, well, in all honesty, first, a great question. Really good question. Um, I guess you're sort of relating it to the time together, especially with those European players. And in all honesty, the answer uh, to that is unfortunately regulation and policy. Regulation 9 is what World Rugby hold, which basically means that all international, whatever it might be, whether you play for Uganda all the way through to whether you play for New Zealand, you can come together and play international rugby during that time. And at that time, the clubs have to release you. So, for example, AJ McGinty at Bristol Bears at the moment, when that Regulation 9 is announced or whatever you want to call it, he would come into USA camp. Now, unfortunately, with World Rugby and how it's set, you can only activate Regulation 9 within international windows. One of those windows, of course, is November, another one being in July. Um, So the clubs... I use AJ's example. AJ, new player there. I assume, I'm going to say it, probably a quite a good contract. They're not going to just give him up in the Gallagher Premiership to then just go to, say, South Africa um, and and just play while their investment, their asset, which is AJ McGinty, they're, they're not getting their money's worth, ultimately. And they don't have to do it. Look, in, in my opinion, this is where we could talk about global calendar and this is where it's unfair I feel particularly for for US, uh, teams like US, teams, other teams that don't sit and have the money and the time. And we 
live all over the place, let alone in the US, all over the world. Meanwhile, you've got teams like England who pitch up for a camp on a weekend because they can do, because the RFU can, can pay for all of that. The clubs have an agreement with the RFU. The clubs don't have an agreement with USA Rugby. It's very frustrating. I know it really frustrates the coaches. Trust me, I, we wish we could have all the time, any USA camp, any match, we come together as the best possible squad. It's just what you have to deal with. Um, I hope that kind of answers that sort of question, or of your question. Yes, sir. And, and I kind of knew that. It's just with how important yeah. everything that's going on with the World Cup coming here and, and as a youth rugby coach and trying to build to where we can actually have, you know, the pathways all the way up to the USA team. It's just very frustrating, the rules that are there. And and it's a business. I, I completely understand why McGinty isn't going to necessarily be released to go play against the Cheetahs or the Haas or any of those. I completely understand it. it, it and it's just frustrating yeah. at the lower level when we're trying to build upon everything going forward that these regulations or these things or putting, you know, uh, it, it's, it's like putting a division two football team out there to an extent when we know we have a division one powerhouse yeah. that could be equal to Alabama or any of those things, but that's all we can put forward due to relegation and those rules. And, and I feel, you know, I'm knowledgeable of those things, but I know the average person that, isn't in tune to rugby, doesn't understand those things. And then they see the scores, especially of the game from the other night uh, or, uh, and so they get frustrated and go, well, you know, well, I don't understand. We got our butts kicked when in reality, it's like, well, you don't understand that the USA players compared to those players in Argentina or Uruguay or any of those, uh, that's all they live and do where we have, players that we're pulling from multiple different sports and multiple different areas. So it, it makes it complicated. So I completely understand your answer, but will you be able to play in Dubai as well? Um, I don't know if you were on earlier. Um, look, unfortunately at the moment I'm, I'm dealing with uh, physioing and rehabbing after uh, shoulder surgery in the summer. Uh, I, I don't want to give a absolute answer, but I would say it's unlikely, unfortunately, with my, my schedule and, and getting back to, to full fitness after this uh, surgery I had, which is honestly, I'm gutted and I could tell you the story of why the timeline's also uh, longer, but I'm not going to go into that for probably legal reasons. No. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's frustrating. But just to finish up, I guess what you were saying, is I totally understand. And what needs to happen is one day, we have the American talent, the American players, all playing in the MLR. That, that's what solves it. But unfortunately, if we use AJ, if we use Ruben, if we use whatever, these guys are getting exceptional exposure, experience, and finances, ultimately, overall, in comparison to the MLR. I'm very pleased to see that they're playing and getting the maximum out of their careers, both on a financial level, but also on a rugby exposure and experience level. The MLR, hopefully, can get there in the years to come, and let's hope that can happen before 2031. Yeah, and I think MLR is the key there, or a professional league that succeeds, which hopefully will be Major League Rugby. Eventually, like I said, will the, the top players stay because they can make a living here. 
um, as the league expands, you have more games and all that stuff. You know, this is nothing new. Also, if you look at the French leagues, uh, top 14, a lot of those clubs are notorious for not releasing their players outside of the international window. And a lot of them uh, were also notorious for having contracts with players. You know, basically, I'll, I'll let you guys, I'll, I'll pay you this much money, but you can't leave for international purposes. Uh, Samu Manoa was one of the issues at one point. They wouldn't, Toulouse would not release, I'm uh, sorry, Toulon would not release him at one point uh, mm. to play for today. And that was a number of years ago, but a big name like him was, you know, a huge loss for the Eagles. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that, like you said, Will, that's something that we have to deal with here in the United States. You know, it's a big country. Uh, our top players are playing around the world, and which is good, you know. Um, but it's, it's <laughs> one day we'll get them together, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's um, we all wish that USA Rugby had a, had a had a boatload of cash, and we could just sort it all out. But situation we're in at the moment, and it's a situation we'll, we'll deal with as well. Uh, Coach, thanks for the question. Uh, once you guys ask your questions, I do drop down to uh, your movie as a, as a speaker. Uh, but if you want to come back up and ask another question, go ahead and do so. Uh, again, the others who have another question or want to ask a question, just request in the bottom left of the phone. Uh, now, I'm going to say something that's probably not a popular um, opinion by any means, Will. Um, with our World Cup coming up in 2031, um, if, if the worst thing happens and we don't make the World Cup in France, it's not the worst situation. And what I mean by that is, of course, we want to be there. Of course, it's not going to be good if we don't. But right now, um, the growth of the, the game in this country still is kind of flatlining. Um, but as we get closer to 2031, let's say in four years, it should be picking up because networks will start showing more games because MLR will be much bigger. So us not making the World Cup this year is not a, a death sentence. Um, again, I, again, we want to be there, obviously. So um, as far as the popularity of the game goes in this country, we're going to be okay. I think it's going to keep on growing. And eventually, and coach, to your point earlier, sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm going on a, on a tangent here. Um, right now, the youth and the college players, outside of maybe some of the varsity programs, really don't know anything about the international team. Uh, I've had many conversations with college players, and they have no idea who Will Hooley is. Sorry, Will. Uh, <laughs> They really don't. Some know that some of these other names have been around for a while, but they don't. So that's a key also. We've got to get not only youth players playing like you're doing, Coach, uh, at the younger age, but then college level also, there needs to be more awareness to the international side. So anyway, that was my two cents worth. Um, well, let's jump into the Legion, all right? Let's go Major League Rugby since we're talking about it. Uh, big moves in the offseason. One of them is adding um, fellow Eagle Marcel Brocky to the team. Um, what are the expectations for the squad going into this next season? Yeah, well, Marcel is uh, is, a, is a great addition, both on and off the field. I've been messaging him for a, for a little while, just uh, keeping an eye on how that deal was going. Um, look, yeah. I, I think it's last year. We and we, we don't have to talk too much about last year. Last year was just, I think, uh, a bit of just underachievement and inconsistency across the board. I probably put myself in that category as well. You know, one week we were we were hot, the next week we were not. So. Um, and I think, you know, uh, the squad and, and the fact that the coaches are going to be here for even longer. I mean, they only came in sort of January, February time of, of this calendar year. The fact that they will have more time at the, at the helm will, will benefit the team. The few uh, extra signings, I think, coming in will benefit the team. And then the massive one for me as well is the new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium, which is going to be state of the art. Uh, facility down here in San Diego and, and will hand down, in my opinion, the, the best stadium facility in, in the league. And hopefully, with the Legion fans as good as they are, 
they can come in their numbers. So it's an exciting time to be at the Legion. And I think it's been building. It will continue to build through next year as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a good, good time to be here. And we're, we're going to talk about L.A. and Austin in, in a second and, and also uh, Worcester and Wasp now. But let's talk about the growth of the game in the U.S. Um, you've probably been asked this question a lot of times both, on both sides of the pond. And you also got you caught a lot of grief for a comment you made about Americanizing the game a lot. But since you've been in the MLR for a bit now, you know, has your answer changed at all about how to grow the game? No, it hasn't. Um, so if anyone listens to this and thinks, you know, they can throw another comment at me. I couldn't believe, actually, I've never been sort of trolled, really. Maybe a couple, yeah. of, couple of times, a couple of bad performances over the years. I was told about it. A couple wow. of clubs. Oh, well, I was privileged to play at some very passionate clubs with some good fan bases but anyway that's another story look i i i unfortunately I, for them i i do believe this sport look we, we can how long we got we can we can go into why rugby at the moment globally in many aspects and in many territories is failing and unfortunately that one of the, those cases is the uk one of those of course is the premiership where wasps and worcester warriors for the rugby fans will know that they've both entered administration. We've got another bit of an issue here in the MLR, uh, which has just come out, which is the Los Angeles and Austin teams and, and what happened there. I don't know enough, so I can't really be quizzed on mm -hmm. that too much, but I massively feel for the players and staff. So you've got people here in the US, you've got people here in the UK, players and staff who are losing their jobs. I know the pandemic and I know obviously there's a lot of other sort of moving parts as to why rugby has struggled here and there. And actually what I would say overall in this is why I believe the US, if they get the MLR right, then it can go places. It's like a blank canvas. Don't be like the premiership. The premiership's failing. It's a failing model unless they change it. So why I say that comment about Americanizing it, I don't mean it for some of the negative thing. I'm, some people will come yeah. at me left, right, and getting called this and that, and saying I should get back on a boat to, to the UK. Um, <laughs> but look, it's, it's probably more the fact that I feel America does the spectacle the best. I was in Austin yeah. a few weeks ago. I was at the Longhorns game against the West Virginia Mountaineers. And for all, the game was at 6 p.m., and I, my friend took me, my wife as well, and, and another few of his mates and whatever. And we were tailgating by, I think it was 2 p.m. So four hours before kickoff, this whole city just <laughs> shuts down and just tailgates and just has stuff for kids, stuff for adults, stuff for students, you name it. And the whole spectacle. Can I tell you much about the game? No, the Longhorns won, but it was purely... The fan experience was amazing. Do I believe rugby is anywhere near that? No, it's not. It, at the moment, the finances and, and, and just the audience, I'm not saying it has to get to that point. But I do believe a little bit of Americanization to throw out there. You know, Okay, someone's going to shoot me down, but I think there should be a half-time show at the World Cup final, for example. There should be, you know, that equivalent of a Pepsi. Or I don't think it's called Pepsi anymore. It's called something else, isn't it? Um, you know, half-time show like there is at the Super Bowl. Um, I believe we should really tap into characters in the game. I feel like maybe that social media, that content creating can be better. It can be more young focused, engaging with the fans. Again, I do believe they do that well in America. You just look at the things like Hard Knocks or All or Nothing documentaries and things like that. I, look, I, 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 I understand there's some also negatives when I say Americanizing. But I just think America has got an opportunity with this sport to really pick it up and go somewhere with it. Meanwhile, the rest of the world at the moment, or not the rest of the world, 
certain areas of the world, the sport is is really lagging and failing. And so can we make it our own? Can we make it America be the sort of um, the building ground to make rugby great? And you're right here, um, Will. There's I, I see chatter about premiership, how uh, people want to add more value to the game. You know, people aren't just showing up just for the matches anymore. They want stuff for the kids to do. They want entertainment. Western Force, when Marcel was playing for them, they had amazing pregame shows and halftime shows and and pro. They had dancers. I don't know. It, whatever it was, it worked, especially during COVID. It brought people out and in, in, in that it worked. It's something that Americans do well. We do. We entertain. You know, uh, it's not just a game. It's a whole entertainment thing. Even when you go to the Padres games, yeah, it's not just a football game going on. You know, uh, but uh, you know, don't pay attention to those people who give you a hard time. There's for every one of them, there's there's five that agree with you. I believe. And when I say that, let's go to our last one more question from Coach Red. He might have something else to say. I'm kidding. Go ahead, Red. Go ahead, Coach. <laughs> so I, I'm actually living in the Austin area. And Will is 100% right. We need to Americanize the thought. And that goes into other things that you may have talked about with, you know, MLR possibly losing the team in Austin, the atmosphere here, the things that happen at a college football game or any even sporting events as far as even high school football here. If we can move those things into rugby, we could absolutely modern modernize everything and bring it to where we could get it to the level of what Will was talking about. He is a hundred percent correct in his observations and what we need to do. Coach, while you're there, real quick, how many people sit in that stadium? Or Will, you might have the answer for it too. Well, my experience is that it was nearly a hundred thousand, which is crazy. Yeah. That's um, maddening. It's mad. And I, look, I just yeah. There's easily 100,000 there. I, I literally live 25 miles from the UT campus, but even in, in the area where I'm in, just north of Austin, for most of the stadiums for high school football, they're easily 10 to 15,000 for Friday night football games. Oh, high school, yeah. And if you could get that energy for rugby, which is very easy, it's just – like Will said, modernizing and moving things forward to make that happen, it would be great. I just just to add just one one last thing as well, just about it is a, a lot of some sometimes it's common about is rugby safe and, and everything like that, and, and there has to be some element of the, rugby, the game needs to look at itself. How can it be more attractive, potentially safer, um, which I believe it's trying to do. But I also think rugby is a quality game to watch. You ask Americans, sorry to label that term Americans out there who have never seen it before. They watch it. They never come away and say that was boring. They never say that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that the product has the, it's there. And I believe the potential of it is to be better, but it's good. So then what is the things that ultimately can make rugby go, go, go skywards. And I do believe it's that fan experience. A lot of people talk about, Oh, well, you know, wages need to come down. I'm talking maybe in, in the UK here, wages need to come down and things like that. It's like, hold on a minute. If you're going to have a go at the players, just be aware what else is actually being done outside of the game that is really generating revenue, what is generating ticket sales, what is generating young fans to come along because it's not down to salary cap. I, I, I truly believe that. Although I know in the, in, the, in the short term, we have to look, particularly in, in overseas, in, in Europe, they have to bring their salaries down because rugby's on its knees. But at the same time, just don't be sort of, 
just so one-sided towards saying that is the reason that financially problems in rugby. No, be proactive, make it exciting, make it a proper fan experience. Will, thank you so much for uh, for being here tonight. Thanks for your input, man. You have a, a wealth of knowledge and, and uh, information to hear from. I really appreciate it. No pleasure. I'm more than happy if people want to tweet me or whatever. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a mode at the moment of trying to <laughs> connect with people and answer questions and, and be honest and within reason, um, legally. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm open to, to people approaching me. Well, I'll invite you on the show again about seven more times and we'll get you on on the eighth time. <laughs> Let's do that. Cheers, Bill. Appreciate it. Thanks, Will. Take care. Take care. Right, everyone else, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are here every Wednesday to talk USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more. Again, please follow me here on Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning on Twitter and other social media channels. Thanks again for attending. This will be replayed online as a podcast starting tomorrow. Uh, please check it out and share it with friends and family. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great weekend.